Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin, our number is 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. I must confess, like so many Democrats four years ago, I chose not to attend the Biden inauguration. That is, I didn't watch a second of it on television. I didn't listen to a second of it. Mr. Producer had to pull clips together. No, 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 no. It's an amazing thing, isn't it? There were riots four years ago. Attacks on police. Cars burning. Black Lives Matter and Antifa were nowhere to be seen. The women's marchers, nowhere to be seen. Nowhere to be seen. Peaceful transition. Four years ago, it was not a peaceful transition. But now it's a peaceful transition. 25,000 National Guards, and many of them armed, in Washington, D.C. You know what amazes me? I read uh, Bill Barr. Bill Barr's doing a lot of interviews now, I guess, with uh, British media and others. And he was kind of annoyed. He said, you know, Trump or Vox or somewhere, it said he would, Trump kept pressuring him. You've got to do something. You've got to do something to put down the rioters, bring in the military. And apparently Barr said, well, we can't bring in the military. We can't, we can't. And this was part of the problem between the two near the end. And yet they brought in the military. They brought in the military for the inauguration. So you can bring in the military. But the president's lieutenants chose not to use the military to put down their rioters, and the insurrectionists, the Marxists, who attacked the White House and federal courthouse and our cities and so forth. So it can be done, and it was done. So much for that. But unity, ladies and gentlemen, I explained yesterday at some length, and I've written about this, that when the left talks about unity, they mean conformity. They mean repression. 
and so important, apparently, were my pearls of wisdom that it's been repeated all damn day long by others. But that's okay. All they have to do is read the books, my books. But now we're supposed to be unified. Unity, ladies and gentlemen. Around what? Well, self-hate. Self-hate. Particularly if you're a white male. You have to hate yourself. Not only do you have to hate yourself, you have to say it over and over again in front of a group. And that group has to decide if you really mean it. That's what's going on with teachers all over this country now. But self-hate. You've got to unify around self-hate. You've got to unify around open borders. You've got to unify around legalizing millions and millions of illegal aliens. You've got to unify around the 1619 Project. You know, there was a 1776 commission that put out their report. As I said, my wife was one of the members. And they immediately, one of the first things they did is ripped it off their website. The White House website. That tells you where their heads are. What else should we unify around, ladies and gentlemen? The gender wars. That is, it's not what you have biologically that matters when it comes to what's between your legs. It's what's between your ears that determines what's between your legs. Well, this is a sort of perverse thing, but it's now the new thing, and you better embrace it. What else should we unify Taxpayer-funded abortion on demand, right up to the last second. Oh, that's something we can all get around, right? Appeasement towards our overseas enemies. The Palestinian Authority. That's right, enemy. Iran. China. They're licking their chops. They can't, they can't wait. They can't wait. What else can we unify around? Massive tax increases, massive regulations, putting a lot of you out of work. A lot of your businesses will be shuttered. Make America California. Oh, we got to unite around that one. That's a good one. How about the, the appointment of radical activist judges? Should we unite behind that? The Green New Deal, that's a war on capitalism and wealth and prosperity and opportunity. Yes, let's unite around that. In other words, what Biden did today with executive orders and what he wants to do throughout the government with massive regulations and what he wants to do by getting rid of the filibuster rule, you notice he said, well, that's something I got to think about. Not really thinking about it anymore. Is to institute the Biden-Sanders manifesto that I've gone over with you in the past months. It is a radical, ultra-left-wing manifesto. He gets up there and he talks about unity. He thinks he's Abraham Lincoln. While he doesn't really believe in unity, you look throughout his career. He's never been a unifier. Neither is his vice president. So what do they want us to unify around? Remember what I said. It's not about unity. It's about conformity. And it's about repression. And it's about trying to make uh, individuals who object to a number of these policies persona non grata in our society. That's the goal. Now, they're already hit the ground running. Look at this. Biden reverses on change to U.S. ambassador to Israel 
tweeted name to include West Bank and Gaza. This is in the uh, Free Beacon. In other words, the U.S. ambassador to Israel, which included the West Bank and Gaza, will now be called the U.S. ambassador to Israel, the West Bank, and Gaza. In other words, they're not recognizing the fact that Israel has any historic claim, legal claim, over any of Judea and Samaria. Think about that. And I'll get more into that later. Biden administration deletes 1776 commission page from a White House site within seconds of him being sworn in. Because that teaches American history, and we can't have that. No, Chuck Todd, who of course is a scholar and former professor, I think he may be a college dropout, I could be wrong, but that's all right. He called it this thing, which is racist. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll tell you what's racist. The fact that they, the host of Meet the, the uh, uh, Depressed is white. Why is he white? Why should he be there? Why shouldn't there be a minority there? The fact that the main host on Good Morning America, George Stephanopoulos, is white. Oh, I know there's minorities there. But why should he be there? He's white. White guilt and white privilege. Jake Tapper, Wolf Blitzer, the two main hosts on CNN. White. White. Joe Scarborough, Mika Brzezinski. White. Yes. Talk about privilege. There's privilege right there. Pushing the 1619 Project. Should we unite around that, ladies and gentlemen? Joe Biden could have made many unifying statements during his inauguration, like, I'm asking my party to put an end to their impeachment effort against the prior president of the United States. He didn't do that. I'm asking my party not to eliminate the filibuster rule, which in one form or another has been with us for over 200 years. He didn't say that. I'm asking my party to leave the independence of the Supreme Court alone. Do not pack the Supreme Court. He never said that. None of those things. Like a parrot, he kept repeating the word unity, 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 unity. Unity. No, they mean exactly what I said, conformity. That's what the neo-Marxists, the statists, the whatevers, that's what they mean. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. I know you love freedom. How do I know that? Because you listen to my show. And my show and everything I do is all about preserving freedom and the form of government that secures it for us. It's the same with Hillsdale College, one of the very best truly liberal arts colleges in the nation. That's why I talk about them all the time, because Hillsdale is committed to pursuing truth and defending liberty. Hillsdale teaches stellar students to defend freedom, no matter what they major in, whether it's science or music or economics or business, whatever. Hillsdale teaches them how to defend liberty, and they do that for you, too, through their free monthly digest of constitutional thought. It's called Imprimus. 5.6 million Americans receive Imprimus for free each month, and you, my friend and fellow freedom lover, should be reading it, too. You can subscribe for free at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. No strings attached. 
Generous donors who want to preserve freedom for future generations make it possible for all of us. And for Hillsdale to send in Primus to you for no cost every month. Start receiving and reading in Primus so you can know how to defend the freedom you love. Visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. This is the third term of Obama that the radicals always wanted in and out of the media that uh, Donald Trump and we disrupted. And that's why they sought to destroy Donald Trump and they wanted to make sure he could never get elected again. And that's why they embrace Mitt Romney and Republicans like that because they know they can roll them. You can see that with Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell is now at war with constitutional conservatives. He's at war with the base of his own party, and he does this constantly. He runs for re-election, he behaves himself. He wins re-election, then he tries to destroy the conservative constitutional base of the Republican Party, whether it's the Tea Party or whether it's, it's the Trump people. And the reason he does that is because he's a corporatist. His goal is to be the Republican leader for the rest of his life. Sort of baby Doc McConnell. I want to remind you, in 2017, four years ago today, there were riots, there was arson, there were assaults in the street of Washington, D.C. We didn't have National Guard like we have now in response to the election of Donald Trump. He hadn't done a thing yet except win election. And I want to remind you of some of the coverage. Mr. Producer put this together. George Stephanopoulos, Rachel Madcow, Michael Beschlash, Lester Holt, Schmuck Todd, Haley Jackson, Chris Matthews. Chris Matthews kind of has been replaced by Chris Wallace with the up the leg thing, hasn't he, Mr. Producer? I think so. I want you to listen to this from four years ago. Donald Trump just sworn in. Cut one, go. Students of history... We'll take note of that slogan, America first. It's a loaded term in American history. However, it carries with it overtones from the 1930s when an anti-Semitic movement saying we don't want to get involved in Europe's war. It's the Jews' fault in Germany. Charles Lindbergh led them. It is a, it is a, a term, as he defined it his way, but the words themselves carry very ugly... Now, is that not unbelievable? Is that not sickening? Sickening. Does Joe Biden have a Jewish daughter or a Jewish son-in-law? I don't think so. I know he has a son who's under criminal investigation. That wasn't mentioned once today. Did you notice that, Mr. Producer? Not once. But look at, look at this. They're already comparing Trump to Adolf Hitler. After his inauguration. Unbelievable. Go ahead. Um, this was a workmanlike uh, speech, uh, and it was it was militant and it was dark. The crime, the gangs, the drugs, this American carnage, disrepair, decay. You can't imagine the outgoing president giving a speech like that. You know no, no, you- Obama would never give a speech like that. Obama gave hate America speeches left and right, and preferably overseas when he was visiting with one enemy or another. Go ahead. 
you here in an inaugural address, and it's an effort to bring the nation together as much as possible. And I think that is not the road that Donald Trump took today. It was dark. It was fierce. This is one of these so-called historians they roll out, liberals, maybe Democrats, to tell us history condemns Donald Trump like history condemned Ronald Reagan, as I recall. Go ahead, Lester Holt. I think when we heard the word carnage in the speech, we knew this was going to be an unusual message. Look, my first reaction was I thought it was shockingly divisive for an inaugural, and I was surprised because I thought it was unnecessarily Well, there's Chuck Todd. Stupid is as stupid does. Now, I want you to remember, prior to the inauguration, the media were in the hate Trump mode from day one. And there they are. On the attack. They were shocked that he got elected. They were shocked that he prevented the third term of the Obama administration. They fought like hell to make sure that Obama third term would happen. We're looking at it right now. Now we have Haley Jackson from NBC. Go ahead. Throwing verbal grenades at that very establishment surrounding him, looking past them to those who put him in office. But I'm thinking... When he said today, America first, it was not just the racial, I mean, the, I shouldn't say racial, the Hitlerian uh, background to it. It's hard to, uh, Rachel, it's hard to fire your son-in-law. Yeah. That's the tricky part. Although That's why mo- the nepotism about, lost there. But Mussolini had a great solution to that. He had him executed. So, there you so. go. There you go. Whatever happened to Chris Matthews? You see, Chris, you're not even a footnote to a footnote in history. All that slobbering all those years. An embarrassment. Unbelievable. Now I want you to listen, and that's Mr. Producer could have done this all day. Now I want you to listen to the montage today for Joe Biden. Joe Biden, I want to remind you, who embraced segregationists, who opposed integration for the early part of his life, who said some of the most racist things even during the course of this election. There's a long record of hate of propaganda, of plagiarism. They're trying to remake Joe Biden into something that he's not, a statesman. So we won't have time. We only have one minute here until the break. So I want to play this after the break. Of all the slobbering praise for Joe Biden, of course this is infuriating to you. That's why I don't watch it. I make Mr. Producer watch it. <laughs> and he pulls the clips together and he, he makes these montages as he has. But you know damn well they don't support unity. They support repression. Not one damn one of them has spoken up against big tech. Not one of them. Not one of them has said stop with this unconstitutional trial you have in mind. Not one of them. Not one of them is trying to slow down the radicals among them. They've embraced it. And it's going to get worse and uglier as time goes on. And the Praetorian Guard media will do its very best. To defend their man, and let's make no mistake about it, that's their man, Joe Biden. I'll be right back. I know you love freedom. How do I know that? Because you listen to my show. And my show and everything I do is all about preserving freedom and the form of government that secures it for us. It's the same with Hillsdale College, one of the very best truly liberal arts colleges in the nation. 
That's why I talk about them all the time, because Hillsdale is committed to pursuing truth and defending liberty. Hillsdale teaches stellar students to defend freedom, no matter what they major in, whether it's science or music or economics or business, whatever. Hillsdale teaches them how to defend liberty, and they do that for you, too, through their free monthly digest of constitutional thought. It's called Imprimus. 5.6 million Americans receive Imprimus for free each month, and you, my friend and fellow freedom lover, should be reading it, too. You can subscribe for free at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. No strings attached. Generous donors who want to preserve freedom for future generations make it possible for all of us. And for Hillsdale to send in Primus to you for no cost every month. Start receiving and reading in Primus so you can know how to defend the freedom you love. Visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. Mark Levin, radio's hell-raising intellectual. Call now, 877-381-3811. What is the point of letting all these illegal aliens or aliens into the country right now? He's signing an executive order as Biden. Do we all have to wear masks on federal property? You have to wear masks in a federal building anyway, but whatever. Seems like he's doing something. Um, people coming across the border, are they going to comply with the mask requirements and the six feet apart requirements? Have you noticed, Mr. Producer, they're not wearing masks, most of them? How many of them have the uh, coronavirus? Are they all going to be tested at the border? No. See, the American people are becoming second-class citizens in this country. And some people apparently like it, who vote Democrat. Some people apparently like it. Look at our employment situation. They want to spend trillions of dollars, they say, to help employment, but a lot of it has nothing to do with it. But let's just follow the propaganda. And yet they want to bring in, what, tens of thousands of low-income individuals who would take jobs at the bottom of the rung of the ladder, take it away from people in our own country, especially minorities in our inner cities? What's that all about? I'll tell you what it's all about. Voting, voting, and voting. There was a piece in one of our not-so-great newspapers that made the point about a week or two ago that in Georgia what really happened was two things. You have Democrats fleeing blue states, going into red states, and still voting Democrat. And then you have a second generation of immigrants born of illegal aliens who are born in the United States and therefore considered citizens. And you have chain migration on top of that. When people say President Trump got 35% of the Hispanic vote, that's big. But that means the Democrats get 65%. You see the point? So even if you make some headway uh, in some of these uh, voting groups, when two-thirds are voting Democrat, that's why they're having open borders. That's why they're not testing them and could care less. Uh, That's why they're not building a wall. That's why the Democrat Party... Switch positions in about 10 to 12 years from fighting illegal immigration and standing up for union workers and so forth to this. It's all about votes. It's all about politics. It's all about power. So unite around that, ladies and gentlemen. Unite around a one-party system, the California of America. Just, just embrace it. That's what they told us to do. 
Now, you heard the hate, the vile, the poison coming from the media when Donald Trump was not only elected president, but gave his inaugural speech. The media really are the most divisive force in this country. The worst. The worst. These are radical Democrats dressed up as journalists, and most of them have pedigrees as having worked on the Hill or working in a Democrat administration or campaign, or their wives or husbands have done the same. Every single one of them. Chuck Todd, Stephanopoulos, Tapper, the three big stooges right there. Cuomo can't even hide it, of course. And now today, they got their boy Biden, the Praetorian Guard. They covered up all the stuff that was going on with China, all the stuff that was going on with Hunter. They told us he was a moderate, even though I told you he's not a moderate. Look at the manifesto. They never went through the manifesto. On and on and on. Now they're going to slobber all over their man. Van Jones, Byron Pitts, ABC, Major Garrett, CBS, Nancy Cordez, CBS, Chuck Todd. My God, is he not the turd in the swimming pool, Mr. Producer? And Brian Williams, he's got his own issues. Joy Reid. With all her issues, they promote her at MSNBC. Cut to go. You know, he spoke from the depth of his soul, and we needed this. You know, that was beautiful. You know, beauty heals. Beauty heals. There was not one part of that that wasn't just medicine in the wound. Watching this moment, today's inauguration felt more like a church service. Joe Biden today, certainly he was commander-in-chief, but he was also papa-in-chief. In the middle, it sounded almost like a homily. Uh A breaking down of all this big language into very simple, colloquial terms. Mm -hmm. I'm just talking to you. Mm -hmm. I'm in this vaunted position, but like a priest explaining something from the Bible or something. What I kept thinking as I was listening to this speech with its overwhelming theme of unity, that there are few politicians in Washington, perhaps no politicians in Washington, who can lay claim to that kind of message. He is the better angel president. Joe Biden believes he's, he's eternally optimistic. He's not cynical. No, 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 let's stop. He's the better angel president. He's compared to a priest. He's giving a church-like service sermon. It was beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. These people are all reporters. Go ahead kind of inaugural address our presidents used to give, as hopeful as the man delivering it, yet an honest reflection of a great country at its modern-day low point. I mean, we've gone from indecency to decency. You know, Joe Biden is a decent man. Oh, thanks, Joy. You would know indecency. You've lived it for so long, as you've spewed your hate all over the Internet. I doubt you've been banned. But she wasn't done. She's a great scholar of the Civil War. She's a great scholar of American history. Joy Reid, MSNBC Today, Hat Tip Newsbusters, cut three, go. There is an old America and there is a new America. And the new America and the old America essentially went to war in 2020, physically in the same capital. And new America won because new America got 80 million votes and old America got 72 million votes. Oh, hold on now. Almost 75 million, but old America, new America. I just want you to understand. 
These people want unity. They want America to come together under the great Joe Biden. Everybody's known for 47 years that Joe Biden is, he's Jesus-like. He's Moses-like. He's Muhammad-like. We've never seen anything like Joe Biden. Unbelievable, Uncle Joe. Lunch Bucket Joe. Scranton Joe. Wilmington Joe. Amtrak Joe. We've never seen anything like this. But those bastards that voted for Trump, that's old America. Now we have a new America. Just follow Joy Reid to the promised land. Now she'll give us a history lesson because God knows she knows her history. Go ahead. We're still basically at war. And you have a new president now who wants to declare a peace. It is really incredibly... It's time for peace and unity, ladies and gentlemen. Just move hard left. Move hard, abandon all the principles you stand for, whether it's taxpayer-funded abortion on demand, an open border, whatever it is, abandon it and join the unity party, the Democrat party, the unity party, Joe Biden, the unity man. Just drop your opposition, drop your principles, drop your faith, drop your beliefs, just embrace, then we can have unity. Except you white folks out there, sorry, you are systemically and interminably bigots. Go ahead. ...to me how history moves, because we do have sort of another person trying to do what Lincoln did, trying it again, and we're going to take a second shot at trying to end this civil war. Now what the hell are you talking about, moron? May I call you a moron? You are a moron. The Civil War, the Civil War over 700,000 casualties, a war over keeping the country united, I mean physically united, and to end slavery? Now Joe Biden's Abraham Lincoln? Abraham Lincoln? He's more like Millard Fillmore, are you kidding? Abraham Lincoln? Now keep in mind, He hasn't even been president for 24 hours. He's Abraham Lincoln. Think what Abraham Lincoln did and what he went through. Joe Biden's already Abraham Lincoln. Unbelievable. The stupidity is beyond, I mean, it's beyond, uh, it's beyond words. But I must say, alas, Chris Wallace on Fox News, my favorite cable channel, But I can't ignore this. This was said publicly. This was said publicly. Chris is furious, I'm sure, with Donald Trump as a result of the first debate. And I guess he really holds a grudge. But that said, that aside, I want you to listen to this one. Cut four, go. We must end this uncivil war, and the way we can do it is if we show each other a little tolerance and humility. Martha, I thought it was a great speech. Um, I've been listening to these inaugural addresses since 1961, John F. Kennedy, Ask Not. I thought this was the best inaugural address I ever heard. It's the best inaugural speech he ever heard. So first we have Abraham Lincoln. Then we have Angelic, a priest we have, 
describing the Bible. And now we have the greatest inaugural speech Chris has ever heard. Better than John Kennedy's great speech. Better than any of Reagan's great two inaugural speeches. This, you see, this is the one that's the winner. Because nobody can say the word unity as many times as Joe Biden. Unbelievable. We really needed this speech, ladies and gentlemen. We needed it. Now, the perpetrators in the media, you heard the first montage, they take no responsibility for what's taken place in this country, none whatsoever. And I made the case yesterday, and I'll continue to make the case, that in fact the media have incited violence in this country over and over and over again. They've not only excused it, in many cases they've celebrated it. The media have created a powder keg in this country with their left-wing friends, Obama, the Obama administration, Talib, Omar, Presley, AOC, and their ilk. Pelosi calling law enforcement stormtroopers. Clyburn calling law enforcement stormtroopers. And God knows how many times we hear on MSNBC and CNN references to Adolf Hitler when talking about Trump voters, Trump supporters, and Trump himself. But no, 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 no. They don't incite anything. They contribute to the nation's civility and the nation's deliberative debate, ladies and gentlemen. These are serious, important people. We've never heard an inaugural speech like this in our lives. The great Joe Biden gave a Churchillian, no, not Churchillian, a godlike speech. Bigger than Churchill. Bigger than Reagan. Bigger than John Kennedy. And he knows he's heard a lot of inaugural speeches. Go ahead. A lot of this event today, a lot of the president's speech was was colored by the emotion of the fact that exactly two weeks ago, 14 days ago, there was a mob of thugs, of insurrectionists, of domestic terrorists on the inaugural stand. And Joe Biden was saying that democracy prevailed. We were democracy able- was always going to prevail. A few hundred or a few thousand militants, violent crazed criminals charging the Capitol building was not going to take out our country. Why don't you why, why don't you just report the news for God's sakes? Just report the news. And of course Black Lives Matter, they're not domestic terrorists, even though they they say they want to overthrow the country. No, 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 you don't understand. No, 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 no. Antifa, no, no, no. Washington Post tells us really they're against fascism. Oh, okay. They don't want to overthrow the country. No, 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 no. They just cannot be honest about the Klan, the neo-Nazis, these militants, Antifa, Black Lives Matter. These are people trying to destroy this country, tearing this country apart every chance they get. But no, we're supposed to pick among them, you see. No, that one is righteous. That one's not righteous. He would never call Antifa domestic terrorists. Why? Remember Trump's inauguration four years ago and the riots that took place? Were they trying to prevent his inauguration? Yes. Yes, but no, no, no. Those are mostly peaceful protesters. This is why you hate the media. This is why you hate the double standards beyond belief. And they hate Trump. 
because Trump was not part of them, not part of the establishment, not part of Washington, and he really wanted nothing to do with it. And so they attacked him from day one. They spied on him from day one. They tried to impeach him on day one. They tried to send him to prison on day one. They tried to break him financially on day one. And now we're supposed to listen to them moralizing. Isn't this beautiful, Joe Biden? Joe Biden. Really, as a senator, one of the biggest punks in the United States Senate. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't say Hitler or Stalin. I said punk. I said punk. That's all. But we need to unite, so I'm uniting. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. I know you love freedom. How do I know that? Because you listen to my show. And my show and everything I do is all about preserving freedom and the form of government that secures it for us. It's the same with Hillsdale College, one of the very best truly liberal arts colleges in the nation. That's why I talk about them all the time, because Hillsdale is committed to pursuing truth and defending liberty. Hillsdale teaches stellar students to defend freedom, no matter what they major in, whether it's science or music or economics or business, whatever. Hillsdale teaches them how to defend liberty, and they do that for you, too, through their free monthly digest of constitutional thought. It's called Imprimus. 5.6 million Americans receive Imprimus for free each month, and you, my friend and fellow freedom lover, should be reading it too. You can subscribe for free at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. No strings attached. Generous donors who want to preserve freedom for future generations make it possible for all of us. And for Hillsdale to send in Primus to you for no cost every month. Start receiving and reading in Primus so you can know how to defend the freedom you love. Visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. We only have a small amount of time in this segment, but I want to address something in the next hour. Two columns that kind of underscore what's going on in this country in many respects. One by Paul Farhi of the Washington Post. It's the second time he's really taken and targeted talk radio. He's very upset with conservative talk radio, and he's basically lobbying major corporate broadcast companies to uh, destroy themselves. Because of the inflammatory rhetoric, quote-unquote, that's on conservative talk radio. Now, there's no inflammatory rhetoric in the Washington Post, is there? It's page-to-page inflammatory rhetoric. There's no inflammatory rhetoric at the National Review. And the second piece will be Mona Charon. Republicans must confess complicity in the big lie. Another one that quotes Goebbels. Until we hear confessions and corrections from right-wing leaders in conservative media, we'll continue to inhabit a dark cave as a country. Now, she is an obsessed, unhinged buffoon, never-Trumper, in my humble opinion. So we'll address both of these, the never-Trumpers and the hard leftists that are dressed up as reporters when we return, because I am not going to tolerate them taking their shots and then walking off and thinking they've uh, accomplished something. They've accomplished nothing. Unity, ladies and gentlemen. They want unity. I'll be back soon to show you why they don't believe in it, not for a second. We'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. 
is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. I'm Mark Levin. Our number is 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Just to show you how preposterous Joy Reid and the other really mental lightweights in the media are when they dare to compare Joe Biden to Abraham Lincoln. Joe Biden was a segregationist early in his career. Abraham Lincoln. Well, I guess we can pull down the Joe Biden monuments then, right? I want to remind you about Abraham Lincoln. Because the truth shall set you free. We cannot allow these lies to stand. In November 1864, Abraham Lincoln won a resounding electoral victory over Democrat George McClellan, whom he had removed a few years earlier as Major General of the Union Army. Although McClellan was popular with the troops, Lincoln lost trust in McClellan due to his indecisiveness and at times defiance. Lincoln's re-election, initially in some doubt, was improved significantly by a number of Union battlefield victories of the late summer of 1864, especially the Battle of Atlanta and the March to the Sea led by Major General William Tecumseh Sherman. On March 4, 1865, is his second inauguration, and on a day that began with miserable weather and heavy rain, Lincoln gave what many, including Lincoln himself, consider his greatest speech. wasn't as good as, uh, you know, Biden's, but nonetheless. Yes, even more profound than the Gettysburg Address, it was a speech delivered as the Civil War seemed to be coming to a close, with important victories in South and North Carolina as well as Virginia, among other places. Indeed, 36 days later, Confederate General Robert E. Lee would surrender at Appomattox Courthouse on April 9, 1865. Tragically, 41 days after his second inauguration, Lincoln would be assassinated by John Wilkes Booth on April 14, 1865. Booth, along with other conspirators, was among the onlookers in the crowd that inauguration day. Also present and listening attentively to Lincoln's speech was Frederick Douglass. The former slave was a courageous and outspoken leader of the abolitionist movement. Douglas was originally skeptical of Lincoln's commitment to ending slavery, but after their meeting and Lincoln's issuance of the Emancipation Proclamation on January 1, 1863, among other things, Frederick Douglass became a, an admirer. Douglas also attended the inaugural reception at the White House that evening, but was initially prevented from entering the East Room by policemen. He pushed his way past them and was quickly noticed by Lincoln, As Douglas himself recounted, Lincoln called out, Here comes my friend Douglas. Lincoln shook Frederick Douglas's hand and said, Douglas, I saw you in the crowd today listening to my inaugural address. There's no man's opinion that I value more than yours. What do you think of it? And Douglas replied, Mr. Lincoln, it was a sacred effort. It would be the last time Douglas would see Lincoln. And a sacred effort it was. 
On so many levels, Lincoln's second inaugural address is among the most impressive of all speeches delivered by history's great statesmen. Of course, it wasn't as good as a Biden's. I'm just pointing that out. Although a mere 703 words and seven minutes in duration, not much longer than the 271-word Gettysburg Address, and the second shortest inaugural speech of any president, barge George Washington's second inaugural speech, Lincoln could have claimed vindication or gloated about the Union's all but certain triumph, as so many political demagogues would have. In fact, the speech is devoid of the kind of endless personal references to self familiar in the prose of modern presidents. Nor did Lincoln set forth a long list of specific tasks confronting the nation and attempt to rally the people to their discharge, as many had expected. Instead, as at Gettysburg, Lincoln delivered the ideal speech. A speech where every word was carefully chosen, every sentence carefully structured. It was a tour de force, not only in its precision, but more importantly, for its message of tolerance and reconciliation. And he not only gave a message of tolerance and reconciliation, he acted to do exactly that. Lincoln knew well that every corner of the country had been impacted by the war. The casualties were unimaginable, with hundreds of thousands dead. Post-war reconstruction would be an incredibly difficult and complex task involving the restoration of the economy, rebuilding cities and towns, assimilating regions, promoting racial harmony, caring for the maimed and widows, legal and constitutional challenges, and so much more. Although Lincoln would not live to lead the reconstruction efforts, the spirit and direction of his intentions could not have been clear. They were best exemplified by these magnificent and most memorable words. With malice toward none, with charity for all. During the course of the war, Lincoln was known to pray frequently, seeking strength from God and his hand and guidance. Some noted, including Frederick Douglass, <clears throat> that Lincoln's speech seemed fashioned after a sermon. Now you know why they keep referring Biden sounds like he's a priest giving a biblical sermon. He sounds angelic. Get it? In fact, nearly half the speech invokes references to God or Scripture. Lincoln spoke of the woe due to those by whom the offense of slavery came. He observed that both Northerners and Southerners uh, Southerners read the same Bible and prayed to the same God, and each evokes his aid against the other. The prayers of both could not be answered, he said. Lincoln proclaimed that American slavery was a blight that God now wills to remove. And despite the tolls and lives and treasure, the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. There is ever any doubt that the Civil War was fought not only to maintain the Union, but in the end, to drive the horror of slavery from the land, there was no more. It's reported by numerous reliable observers that when Lincoln began his second inaugural address, the stormy weather clouds of the day gave way to the light of a shining sun. It's an image that underscores Lincoln's exceptionality. He was not only an extraordinary president, but a remarkable man whose wisdom will continue to span generations. That was written by my father, Jackie Levin. And now I want to read to you the second inaugural address. won't take long. At the second appearing to take the oath of, president of, of, uh, of the presidential office, there's less occasion for an extended address than there was at the first. 
He said, in your hands, my dissatisfied fellow countrymen and not mine, is the momentous issue of the Civil War. The government will not assail you. You can have no conflict without being yourselves the aggressors. You have no oath registered in heaven to destroy the government, while I shall have the most solemn one to preserve, protect, and defend it. Now at the expiration of four years, during which public declarations have been constantly called forth on every point and phase of the great contest which still absorbs the attention and engrosses the energies of the nation, little that is new could be presented. The progress of our arms, upon which all else chiefly depends, is as well known to the public as to myself, and it is, I trust, reasonably satisfactory and encouraging to all. With high hope for the future, no prediction in regard to it is ventured. On the occasion corresponding to this four years ago, all thoughts were anxiously directed to an impending civil war. All dreaded it. All sought to avert it. Yep, and the war came. And the war came. Neither party expected for the war, by the way, the magnitude of the duration, which it has already attained, Lincoln said. Neither anticipated that the cause of the conflict might cease with or even before the conflict itself should cease. Each looked for an easier triumph and a result less fundamental and astounding. Both read the same Bible, and each invokes and prays the same God, his aid against the other. It may seem strange that any men could dare to ask a just God's assistance in wringing their bread from the sweat of other man's faces, but let us judge not that we not be judged. The prayers of both could not be answered. That of neither has been answered fully. The Almighty has his own purposes. Woe unto the world because of offenses, for it must needs be that offenses come, but woe to the man by whom the offense cometh. If we shall suppose that American slavery is one of the offenses which in the providence of God must needs come, but which, having continued through his appointed time, he now wills to remove, that he gives to both the North and the South this terrible war as the woe due to those by whom the offense came, shall we discern therein any departure from those divine attributes which the believers in a living God always ascribe to him? Fondly do we hope, fervently do we pray, that this mighty scourge of war might speedily pass away. Yet if God wills that it continue until all the wealth piled by the bondsmen 250 years of unrequited toil shall be sunk, until every drop of blood drawn with the lash shall be paid by another drawn with the sword, as was said 3,000 years ago, so still it must be said, the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. With malice toward none, with charity for all, with firmness in the right as God gives us to see the right, let us strive on to finish the work we are in, to bind up the nation's wounds, to care for him who shall have borne the battle, and for his widow and his orphan, to do all which may achieve and cherish a just and lasting peace among ourselves and with all nations. My comrades of the Confederate Army, wrote another general. Let me just finish this up here. 
That, in fact, brings us to the end. Now, there are not many radio hosts who will read to you the second inaugural address of Abraham Lincoln. It certainly wasn't published in the New York Times or the Washington Post. Because Lincoln truly was a man who sought to bring the country together after the Civil War. I've looked at the transcript of Biden's speech, and he takes little shots left and right at Trump, the Trump supporters, the race baiting and so forth. There was none of that by Lincoln, none of it. He was urged to give a speech in victory and defiance. The assassination of Lincoln set this country back, I would say, a hundred years. As my dad wrote, Reconstruction was a very complicated matter. Andrew Johnson wasn't up to the task because he didn't believe in it. A Democrat from Tennessee. Ulysses S. Grant was in fact a big believer in the rights of the freed slave. In fact, he opposed slavery, even though he married a wife whose family had had slaves. And they were given a slave, and he freed the slave. He was offered $1,500 for this human being, and he said no. He freed the slave. He wanted nothing to do with it. He sent the United States military into the South to fight the Ku Klux Klan, which was a vile, vicious remnant of the Confederacy. And he defeated it fairly effectively at that time. And so, Black Lives Matter was pulling down monuments to Lincoln, monuments to Grant, monuments to the first black unit that fought in the Union against the Confederacy. And people praised Black Lives Matter. That's a speech. That's not Joe Biden. Not even close. When we come back, and we'll all have to go back into the gutter, back into the sewer, to deal with Paul Fari and Moda Charon and their pieces. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. of Americans say their top New Year's resolution is to save money in the next year. Well, let's check that box right now. When your family switches to Pure Talk from AT&T, Verizon, or T-Mobile, you could save over $800 a year. That's real money every single month right back in your pocket. And you don't have to sacrifice coverage either. Pure Talk is on the same network as one of those big carriers, but they charge you half. That's right. No gimmicks, no fluff added to your bills, which is why Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs. And how about this offer? Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data for just 30 bucks a month. And if you go over on data usage, they don't charge you a penny. Go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast, L-E-V-I-N Podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. So we start with Paul Farhi at the Washington Post. This guy doesn't know how to write an accurate story, in my opinion. In conservative talk radio, efforts to tone down inflammatory rhetoric appear limited. This is the second one of these articles. 
He doesn't talk about inflammatory rhetoric on MSNBC and the Scarborough Show. He doesn't talk about inflammatory rhetoric on MSNBC and, and CNN. He doesn't talk about inflammatory, uh, inflammatory rhetoric in his own publication, the Washington Post. And he keeps getting it wrong. He's really focused on cumulus. In a memo to managers of its stations, the Atlanta-based company's top programming executive, Brian Phillips, said it will not tolerate any suggestion that the election has not ended. There will be no dog whistles about stolen elections, civil wars, or any of the language that infers violent public disobedience is warranted ever. Would have been nice if this was written four years ago for the rest of the media. If you transgress this policy, you can expect to separate from the company immediately. I never got that memo. I didn't need that memo. Cumulus memo was a sharp change in direction for a company that has allowed and even encouraged hosts to engage in polarizing and sometimes extreme political talk to increase ratings and ad revenue. Nobody's ever told me what kind of language to engage in, and I'm the biggest host in this company. And no, I don't say things for ratings and ad revenue. I say things that I believe in. I thought the New York Times and the Washington Post write things for sales and ad revenue. No? So this jerk is projecting his own opinions on top of us. For ratings and revenue? I've been doing this almost 20 years. I've been a conservative since I've been in my teens. I've written multiple books. I'm on other media platforms. I'm a believer in this country, the Constitution, the Declaration, individual liberty, capitalism. Ratings are no ratings. Ad revenue or no ad revenue. What a joke. Yet it remains unclear how and indeed whether its new policy will be enforced in a medium dominated by hosts who have reinforced and reshaped conservative opinion for a generation. So you see, conservative opinion reshaped and reinforced for a generation is inflammatory. It's extreme political talk. Do they even read what crap comes out of their own newspaper in the mouths of their own idiot reporters? Cumulus hasn't responded to numerous requests for a Of course not, you're a kook. Leaving questions about its new policy unanswered. It's none of your damn business. It isn't clear, for example, how many of its 3,000-plus employees received Phillips' memo, or whether the order applies to the big-name national voices it syndicates, to stations across the country, as well as its many local hosts, three of its most prominent syndicated hosts. Conservatives Mark Levin, Dan Bongino, and Ben Shapiro said last week they didn't receive the Phillips' memo. No, we didn't. Nobody has threatened me, Levin wrote in an email last week. Nobody sent me a memo. Asked if he had nevertheless altered any of his commentary since the memo was issued. He doesn't write exactly what I wrote back, so he cherry-picks, because that's the nature of the beast over there. Levin, supporter of President Trump, called such questions absurd, inflammatory, nonsensical, and idiotic. His questions were so stupid, ladies and gentlemen. When did you stop beating your wife? Those kinds of questions. And it goes on goes on just more and more crap from this guy and his employer. We'll be right back. Yeah! 
The Mark Levin Show, the pool feed for the conservative media. Dive in now, 877-381-3811. Big tech companies have a ton of power in our country today. And as private entities, they can operate pretty much as they choose. Protect your personal data from big tech with the VPN I trust for my online protection. ExpressVPN. When I use ExpressVPN, my connection gets rerouted through their secure encrypted servers, so these companies can't see my IP address at all. My internet activity becomes anonymous, and my network data is encrypted. I recommend ExpressVPN to anyone who uses the internet. And the best part is, you don't need to be tech-savvy to, uh, to use it at all. Uh, you just download the app on your phone or computer, tap one button, and you're protected. So protect your internet activity with the VPN that I use every day, expressvpn.com slash mark, to get three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash mark to get three months free, expressvpn.com slash mark. There's a, a sort of a gaggle or a cabal of these never-Trumpers who basically can meet in a telephone booth. They don't give the President of the United States or the former President of the any credit for any of his accomplishments. They can't. They're obsessed. They're unhinged. And Mona Charon's one of them. She's actually one of the more vicious among them. I've pretty much ignored her as of now. We knew each other in the Reagan administration, but she can't control her hate, and so I must confront it. And she, uh, she talks about the American thinker and the apology that they made to the lawyers of the Dominion, uh, Dominion voting system. American thinker operates on a uh, shoestring. So I'm sure they can't afford to defend themselves. And Mr. Producer, I barely even talked about the Dominion voting system, did I? Minimal. My entire argument, almost entire argument, was on the Constitution. Which is still... Something that needs to be addressed in these states or we're never going to win a presidency again. She says, Fox News has issued similar retractions. This is the beginning, not the end of the story. So she's one of the leaders of the new French Revolution. Dominion has sent letters to 20 other entities and individuals, including One American News Network, Newsmax, Linwood, White House Counsel, Pat Cipollone, Rudy Giuliani, Sidney Powell, the Kraken lawyer in Donald Trump's orbit, she writes, Got more than a warning. She was slapped with a $1.3 billion defamation lawsuit for her outrageous and unlandish claims. And it goes on. Powell is yet to grovel as the American thinker did. But she would be wise to start. Got that? She says, I wish Dominion every success against the other defendants. But what of the country that has taken a severe hit? Can Dominion also sue Ted Cruz, Josh Hawley, Mark Levin, anybody sues me, I will kick their ass from one end of this country to the other, legally. Legally. But I don't know why Dominion would sue me, since I barely even mentioned them. Rush Limbaugh, Laura Ingram, the Federalists, the 17 state attorneys general who joined the ludicrous Ken Paxton lawsuit, challenging the election results in four states. Kevin McCarthy, listen to this fool. The 121 House Republicans and six Senate Republicans who voted to reject the Electoral College ballots of Arizona. Everyone didn't base that on Dominion. Many of them based that on the Constitution. Mona. 
Because until we hear confessions and corrections from conservative media, we will continue to inhabit a dark cave as a country. The 20,000-plus National Guard presence in Washington, along with smaller forces arrayed in state capitals, may, God willing, get us through the inauguration without any further spasms of violence. But unless the propagandists of the right-wing media confess and correct the record, unless they forthrightly admit that they spread lies about the election being rigged, the fury they have incited among a huge swath of Americans will continue to endanger the lives of public officials and crack the foundations of this republic. What if I sue Mona Charon for millions, Mr. Producer? The lie they propagated. See, everybody said exactly the same thing. That's how you know. She's become a crackpot. The lie they propagated is what propelled those deluded people to storm the Capitol. Now, that's not true either. But it doesn't matter. She's a never-Trumper. Of course, the perpetrators of the violence are fully responsible for their decisions, almost like a footnote. And some of them were clearly mentally unbalanced or extremists or criminals of various stripes. But there was also a thou- there were also thousands of otherwise normal people who were deceived into believing that their democracy had been fatally compromised, and millions now who harbor doubts about our system's legitimacy. Let me move on. The goons who, defied the, who defiled the Capitol and smashed poles into the heads of police thought what they were doing was righteous. They think of themselves as patriots. The cynical liars like Hawley and Levin and the rest, who took advantage of their ignorance for their own purpose, draped themselves... You know what? You're a disgusting buffoon. You're an ignorant fool. I speak on the radio, Levin TV, on Fox. I believe she's a lawyer. And a very poor one at that. Tell me, Mona, Article 2, Section 1, Clause 2. What does it say? Can you read? What does it mean when you read that, Mona? And so you had several states, four at least, where the election laws were changed by Democrats, by lawsuits, purposeful. The Supreme Court of Pennsylvania, the Governor of Pennsylvania, the Attorney General, the uh, excuse me, the Secretary of State of Pennsylvania. And I've talked about this endlessly, not just that state, several others. So where's the lie, or as you would quote Goebbels, the big lie, Mona? The fact that you're a constitutional illiterate and you're obsessed with a hate on on Trump, a stalking columnist, is not something I can fix. Maybe the whole group of you can get a special rate. All of you never Trumpers. A special rate, maybe with a social worker, somebody can work you through your hate. But I doubt it. Now we unite behind Joe Biden, you see, ladies and gentlemen. We have a French Revolution going on with big tech, big media, the never-Trumpers, the Democrats, who, who intend to do severe damage to our country, whether it's the court or the election system or what have you. And you better shut up. You better not say a word, or Mona's going to come for you. And the other reprobates in the Never Trumper movement. And over at the Lincoln Project, where one of them had to drop out because apparently he's a pervert. That's the re I mean, I don't know that, but apparently that's the case. Anyway, there we are. 
Unity, America, unity. Just give it up. Years and years of Russia collusion. What did Mona have to say about that? Didn't seem to be troubled by that at all. Boy, what a, what a shameful disgrace. I'll be right back. Lovin. of Americans say their top New Year's resolution is to save money in the next year. Well, let's check that box right now. When your family switches to Pure Talk from AT&T, Verizon, or T-Mobile, you could save over $800 a year. That's real money every single month right back in your pocket. And you don't have to sacrifice coverage either. Pure Talk is on the same network as one of those big carriers, but they charge you half. That's right. No gimmicks, no fluff added to your bills, which is why Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs. And how about this offer? Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data for just 30 bucks a month. And if you go over on data usage, they don't charge you a penny. Go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast, L-E-V-I-N Podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. So, uh, the president, the former president, had that statue of uh, Andrew Jackson in his office. And it was replaced, according to the Washington Post, with uh, busts of Martin Luther King Jr., Robert Kennedy, good, as well as Cesar Chavez. Cesar Chavez? You see... Cesar Chavez, Biden doesn't know anything about Cesar Chavez. Those of you who, million and a half or more who read Liberty and Tyranny, you know all about Cesar Chavez. Now, Cesar Chavez tried to organize the farm workers of America into a union. He had minimal success. But I want to tell you about this. In the 1960s, and this is in Liberty and Tyranny, Cesar Chavez, one of the founders of the United Farm Workers, UFW, vehemently opposed illegal immigration, arguing it undermined his efforts to unionize farm workers and improve working conditions and wages for American citizen workers. The UFW even reported illegal immigrants to the Immigration and Naturalization Service back then. Chavez would have armies of union members monitoring the border and turning in or reporting the actions of illegal aliens coming across the border. And he wasn't the only one. This just shows you how things have changed in 60 years. In 1969, Cesar Chavez led a march accompanied by Ralph Abernathy, who had been, of course, Martin Luther King's right-hand man. He was president of the Southern Christian Leadership Conference and Senator Walter Mondale along the border with Mexico, protesting the farmers' use of illegal immigrants. And most unions, period, supported that position in the 1960s and early 70s. In fact, Cesar Chavez called them, and we have this audio tape on a radio station in San Francisco. Remember that, Mr. Producer? 
He called them wetbacks. He despised illegal aliens. He felt they were used by big agriculture to undermine his union movement. And so Joe Biden has a statue of him now in the Oval Office. It's really quite amazing. The media won't call him out on it. No, 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 no. It's Cesar Chavez. We don't call out Joe Biden on Cesar Chavez. Because Joe Biden is very progressive now. But all the big unions, the Democrat Party, the UFW, the United Farm Workers Union, headed by and founded by Cesar Chavez, they opposed illegal immigration for decades. They felt it was a rich Republican way of getting around the minimum wage, of undermining union organizing, of putting down minorities who are United States citizens. We don't think that way anymore, see? United States citizens are second-class citizens. So what of the farm workers today? Who are first or second generation, some, from south of the border. What happens when illegal aliens come into this country? Why do you think the Chamber of Commerce supports what Joe Biden wants to do with immigration? Joe Biden isn't a human rights advocate, ladies and gentlemen. He's never been. Joe Biden's about Joe Biden. That's the way it's always been. If it paid to be cutting deals with segregationists, he'd do it. If it paid to reject them and then, and then take a different position, that's what he would do. And right now, he's been told by Bernie Sanders and others, you can be bigger than Franklin Roosevelt and Barack Obama. So that's where his head is. And it is the third term of Barack Obama. When was this, Rich? I forget. I believe it was, I think it was 1969, give or take, on a San Francisco radio station. Chavez is being interviewed. Here it is. Go. ...to really destroy the farm worker movement and to uh, destroy it in such a way that uh, uh, will take away the rights of the workers to do basically two very important things in order to defend themselves and win contracts. One is that it takes the right to strike from us and also takes the right of boycotting. Why do you need those rights? Well, what's so important about that? But you see, uh, we maintain that agriculture is different. It's always been different. This is why agriculture and farm workers were never organized before. As long as we have a poor country uh, bordering California, it's going to be very difficult to win strikes uh, as strikes are won uh, normally by other unions. Uh, we have an employer, as is the case right now in one of the strikes we have with the with the Butte Gas and Oil Company, where we've closed them down, then have been unable to get uh, strike breakers, or we've gotten very few, and then all of a sudden yesterday morning, uh, they brought in 220 uh, wetbacks. These are the illegals from Mexico. So they brought in 220 wetbacks, to quote Cesar Chavez, basically to break their strike from Mexico. That's what he said. And so how come bringing illegal aliens in today is healthy for the country? Back then it wasn't. See, it's whatever the Democrats decide. They don't have any moral rudder. It's power. And so Cesar Chavez's bust is now in the Oval Office because 
Joe Biden's trying to make a statement. Let's see if any reporter tomorrow, any, asks him about that. Any. 49% of Americans say their top New Year's resolution is to save money in the next year. Let's check that box right now. When your family switches to Pure Talk from AT&T, Verizon, or T-Mobile, you could save over $800 a year. Why, in my opinion? They're ripping you off. That's why. And that's real money every single month, right back in your pocket, and you don't have to sacrifice coverage. Pure Talk is on the same network as one of those big carriers, but they charge you half. No gimmicks. No fluff added to your bills, which is why Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs. How about this offer? Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data for just 30 bucks a month. And if you go over on data usage, they don't charge you for it. Grab your mobile phone, dial pound 250, and say Mark Levin. That's pound 250, say Mark Levin. And when you do, you'll also save 50% off your first month. Again, dial pound 250 and say keyword Mark Levin. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Simply smarter wireless. So today we learn that Joe Biden is Abraham Lincoln. That he's going to unite the country. I just heard his spokesperson say when questioned about impeachment, that he believes the Senate's capable of, or she believes, on behalf of Biden, that the Senate's capable of doing business and pursuing a trial if it wishes to do so. Mr. Unity, that would be an unconstitutional impeachment. You don't impeach and you don't try individuals who are no longer in public office. That's not what the impeachment clause is for. It's never been what it's for. To chase somebody down in the private sector. They do that in fascistic and Marxist regimes. We don't do it here in America. Or do we? Unity, right, ladies and gentlemen? Unity. For a lie. For a lie by the media. For the lie by the never-Trumpers. That Donald Trump brought that mob to Washington and incited an attack against the Capitol building. The only problem with that is it is a lie from top to bottom. And accidentally, the New York Times and the Washington Post, a couple of stories we haven't seen any more lately, talk about how this was pre-planned and the attack was pre-quote, prepared. The hundreds of thousands of people who showed up in support of the President of the United States are now under attack. The senators who dared to say we want to challenge and count the electors from this state or that state. Something that's been going on every election cycle, by the way. Doesn't make it right, doesn't make it wrong. But the language from the never-Trumpers, maybe at National Review and the Wall Street Journal, the language from the leftists, at the Washington Post and the New York Times, the language from the reprobates at CNN and MSNBC and the Democrats. That, of course, doesn't incite anything you see, ladies and gentlemen. It's harmless. Calling people liars and Nazis and white supremacists, Klansmen, on and on. Calling people those names, no, that has no effect whatsoever. I'll be right back.
from the Westwood One Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. You know, they're making much of the fact the president wasn't there at the inauguration today. And if the president had been there, what would they have said about him? They would have trashed him. They would have trashed him. I think the president made the right decision. The former president made the right decision. Now, I keep telling you about the media. I wrote an entire book on it that was released, what, a year and a half, almost two years ago, on freedom of the press. Every word of it has been demonstrated to be factual and true. Mona Turner might want to do a review of that book. She can read it. Here's Jim McCostell on CNN today. Just listen to this lowlife. Cut six, go. This is looking like, uh, you know, a president or a foreign head of state leaving Washington. Uh, and, you know, in a way, uh, because the president is uh, defying these traditions of not being a part of the inauguration of uh, President Joe Biden, uh, he's almost leaving town like a, uh, an, uh, an autocrat, uh, ousted from power, heading off into exile. Hmm, there you go. That's a very perverse and sick man there. Very perverse and sick man. I, w- I wonder if he's part of the Lincoln Project. No, he's not part of Lincoln Project, but he's a uh, complete loser. This is what CNN promotes. We have Dana Bash on CNN today. Cut seven, go. He looks small. He just looks like a small man. Uh, And that is exactly uh, the way that he has handled his uh, presidency since he So I guess Hillary looks like a small man too, right, Mr. Producer? Because of the way she's handled her loss? Do they call Hillary a small man? Now, I call her a small man because I don't think it's right for me to assign a gender to Hillary Clinton. Remember? The biological is not relevant. So it's what's between your ears. That determines what's between somebody's legs. So Dana Bash would never say Hillary Clinton looks like a small man, would she? No, I don't think so. She would never say that Al Gore looks like a small man. He kept bringing lawsuit after lawsuit in Florida. She never said that about Al Gore. She never would, would she? No, of course not. So this is CNN. They got their, their, uh, their, their, their orders, and they're a conga line of buffoons. And then there's Wolf Blitzer. I don't know how this guy stays on TV. I really don't. I really don't. Here's brain dead Wolf Blitzer. Cut eight. Go. What a difference four years makes. You had a very impressive, huge. Oh, you mean the riots that took place four years ago going after Donald Trump? Those? The attacks on police and law enforcement, the 
the breaking of glass, the burning of, uh, of uh, automobiles? Is that what you're talking about? No, 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 no. Of course not. Those were mostly peaceful. Go ahead. Inauguration. It's going to be a little pathetic, a tiny little crowd at Joint Base Andrews uh, where he's going to say goodbye. Because they were there by invitation. Dopey. Dopey. They were there by invitation. They didn't invite 40,000 people. That's what I tell you. It doesn't matter. Whatever Trump did or does, it doesn't matter. CNN, what a pathetic joke. Just a sickening joke. Now, again, in the effort to bring the country together, we have Pete Buttigieg, who wants to be Secretary of His broad expertise when it comes to highways? I don't know why. Why would he be Secretary of Transportation? Let's listen to his unity speech. Cut 11, go. Volumes are going to be written about the harms that have been done in the last four years, a time when we needed even more. Shut up, idiot. Now we have Al Gore, man who wants to bring unity to the nation as well. Cut 12, go. Well, I I listened with interest uh, when Mitch McConnell spoke yesterday uh, and, and indicated in, in effect that Donald Trump was responsible okay, for... Okay, let's stop there. Let's stop there. Mitch McConnell needs to be ousted. He needs to be defeated. He's a never-Trumper. He took advantage of Trump to get whatever he could for the state of Kentucky. And, of course, he had his wife on the uh, Trump payroll as Secretary of Transportation. But Mitch McConnell has now given fuel to the argument, the lie, that has been regurgitated now. So even dumb people like Al Gore are quoting Mitch McConnell. I listened with, I, I, I listened with interest to, to Mitch McConnell. How the hell did he ever get elected to anything? Cut 13, go. If I were still in the Senate, I, I would vote to convict. Uh, wow, you would? No way. I would. I would vote to convict. I really would. Didn't he hit on some masseuse or something? Or what, what happened there, Mr. B? You remember that? Didn't he do something like that? But he's a man of great morality. Oh, yeah, he's a stand-up guy, so to speak. Oh, yeah. Al Gore, everybody wants to know where Al Gore stands now, don't they? I think so. By the way, how did Dana Bash, I wonder, all the, how did she get her job at CNN? How do all these people get their jobs in the media? Really, I, I, it just, it, it's just very curious to me. All right, let's take some calls. Let's go to Martha, Tenafly, New Jersey, the great WABC. Martha, how are you? Good evening, Mark Levine. You're, first of all, I'm very conservative. I'm 91 years old. Wow, God you bless you. You are my favorite American patriot. Thank but you. I just wanted to make a comment before my purpose in calling. I just wanted to say that Donald Trump is the third greatest president of the United States of America. 
He was not the first person that did not attend the inauguration. John Adams, John Quincy Adams, uh, Andrew Johnson did not attend. And we had the greatest first lady, Mrs. Trump, who was brilliant, elegant. And look at, look at how they treated the first lady. It was, it's, it's an abomination. Um, purpose and calling. Mm-hmm. You had mentioned that this is Obama's third term. I had said this to my husband a long time ago. There was a purpose in Obama not moving out of D.C., but purchasing a $4 million house up the street from the White House. He was promised by Hillary and Biden, if they won, he would be put on the Supreme Court, which would be the first... No, no, I don't agree. I'll tell you why. He wouldn't make enough money on the Supreme Court. You see... Barack Obama, the neo-Marxist, is apparently a neo-capitalist when it comes to himself. Like most neo-Marxists, they want to make a lot of money while they're trashing the system. So no, I don't think so, because, uh, because he likes luxury. He likes the lap of luxury while he's trashing the people who actually produce it. But anyway, I want to thank you for your lovely call, Martha. I know where Tenafly is. I have a buddy there by the name of Danny. Danny, a former police officer. All right, you take care of yourself. Thank you, Martha. I very much appreciate it. Lovely lady. Let's go to Martin Gainesville, Florida, the great WSKY. Go! Yes, sir. First of all, yes, Martha, what a lovely call she had there. Yeah. I just want to say this, and thank you for, for reading... Lincoln's second inaugural address and juxtaposing it with the clownish uh, inaugural address from Biden. And I listened to Trump's speech on his way out the door, and this is what I took from it. Keep the faith, because the people that voted for Trump weren't voting just for Trump. They were voting for the American ideal. And we are not going anywhere. And I just wanted to call and say thank you for all that you do and to tell you that we are out here and we're going to be active. We're not going to be sitting around licking our wounds. We've got to do what the Democrats have tried to do, get on county boards, mayoral positions, school boards, et cetera. We've got to become active, and that's what we're going to do. We're not going anywhere, and I'm keeping the faith, and thank you for what you do. And God bless you, Martin. And I think there's tens of millions of us who feel the same way. Uh, We're not going to join in with the... uh, with the attempt to destroy this nation's economic system, constitutional system, and its civil society. We're not going to participate in that. Uh, that that's, that's what incites violence, too. What we're going to do is object to these things, one after another. Uh, we're not going to change who we are as a matter of principle. We're not going to allow these people to define us into something that we are not. We're not going to be threatened. We're not going to be intimidated by big media. Or big, uh, or big tech, I know I'm on their hit list, so damn well be it. And I will continue to push back. We're not responsible for any violence anywhere at any time. We talk about law and order, we talk about the Constitution, and it's that simple. That simple. And we are damn consistent about all of it. I'll be right back. Mark in. 
AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine, full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. Well, I have a Politico piece here. Hat tip to right scoop, link to it. About writing a speech for Joe Biden, it can be hell. That was before the inaugural, and let me get to the portion that you'll want to hear. Quote, I would never say this, unquote. Biden once snapped in an aide, aghast over the prepared marks he was reviewing. According to a person in the room during a speech prep session last year, where did you get this from, Biden Bark? The aide explained that Biden had just said it in a public speech a couple of weeks earlier, Mr. Producer. Now, why would Politico run this piece? Slowly but surely, step by step, they will lay the foundation for Kamala Harris. Slowly but surely, step by step. That's why. They promote him as Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln says the great Joy Reid, buffoon, and is a uniter. Our friend Chris Wallace says this was the greatest inaugural speech he's ever heard, and that includes Kennedy and Reagan. So they all have something running up their leg, don't they, Mr. Producer? It's Joe Biden. He's no, he's no Trump. Not only 100 days of a honeymoon, we'll give him 24 months, two years, and then skedaddle, Joe. Skedaddle. Because slowly but surely, slowly but surely we will tell the American people that you're an imbecile. No, 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 no. Not because we disagree with what you're doing, but we need to make way for Kamala. Because Joe doesn't even know what he said two weeks before. I would never say this. Who wrote this? And this is leaked to Politico, a left-wing so-called news site. Of course, it's not. It's left-wing. But nonetheless. All right. Let's take another call, shall we? I think we shall. Jerry Passaic, New Jersey, the great WABC. Jerry, you're on. Go. This speech by Biden looked more reminiscent of what, say, someone like Chavez or uh, Castro would say with all the troops. That's number one. Number two is... Oh, wait a minute. So that optics really got to you there, huh? All the troops in the street. 
the Republican leadership uh, of Cheney, of, uh, of uh, McConnell. McConnell. I'll tell you what, we're very disappointed here in Kevin McCarthy, too. He won't come back. I don't think he should, really. Go ahead. And, oh, let's throw in McDaniels, because maybe she means well, but they lost everything. That whole bunch should be... Let me tell you a little story about that. You're exactly right. The insider there is that McDaniels really is establishment. She's held on. She was challenged by conservatives, and they defeated the conservatives. They all met at Amelia Island, Florida. Notice they never meet in Trenton, New Jersey, Mr. Producer. Despite the sign on the bridge that is only half lit up, what Trenton makes, the world takes. I've told you this before, ladies and gentlemen. What Trenton makes, the world takes. Nobody knows what Trenton makes, by the way. We used to have in Philadelphia, they were called Trenton crackers. Like oyster crackers. I don't even think Trenton makes that anymore. Trenton, the capital of uh, New Jersey, isn't it? Mr. Producer silently doesn't have the foggiest idea. He has no clue. How about Mr. Call Screener? Doesn't he live in New Jersey? Yes, I'm correct, Trenton. I know my capitals of at least five states. So you're quite white. Uh, you're quite. Uh, <laughs> you're quite right, Jerry. Anything else, my friend? Uh, well, what I'm going to do, you know, I'm self-employed. I have a marketing company. But not to put a plug, but what I'm thinking, because I also, you know, I, I have, I have all, most of your books, all except the uh, Men in Thank Black, you. in terms of all your political books. And Thank you. Each one I've read, one always surpassed the other, and I was absolutely flabbergasted. How do you put one piece of great work after another piece of work? It's absolutely... Well, we'll have to ask Mona Charon and Paul Fari, don't you think? Uh, but you know what I was thinking of doing, the way of contributing? A, educating people on the street, and B, since I've been in in marketing and sales 60 years, go to a university, which is two two miles away from me, and see if I can't get a uh, a teaching job as an adjudicate lecturer, and I would combine economics, realist. realist. Uh, good luck, sir. Uh, I, don't, I don't think so. That's a very ancestral uh, operation in these faculty. They wean out the patriots, you know. They wean out people who actually embrace the Declaration and the Constitution. As a matter of fact, as I mentioned earlier in the program, the 1776 report from that uh, commission that the president put together was immediately removed from the White House website because 1776 is not what they advocate. 1619. So I guess they're going to have fireworks, not on July 4th, 1776, but... Someday in 1619, I guess, they'll have fireworks. Because why have fireworks on July 4th if you don't believe in 1776? All right, my friend, thank you for your call. All of you Democrats who intend to vote Democrat have created the cesspool environment of your politicians, your government, your taxes, and your regulations, and your crime. Stay where you are. Stop moving to red states and ruining our communities. You've destroyed my state of Virginia, in which when I came in the Reagan administration, I said, no way am I going to Maryland or D.C. I want to be in a rock-solid state. In 10 years, they turned this state upside down. Same with Georgia. Now, we almost can't win a presidential election, but don't worry, Mona Charon's there. She'll defend us. And then they're all going to move into Florida. 
and then turn Florida and Texas. Then it's over. All of Where should we go, Mark? There's nowhere to go. You're done. I guess we'll go to Trenton. I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. This is America's Constitutional Convention. The Mark Levin Show. Call in now. 877-381-3811. It is amazing, though, isn't it, Mr. Producer, that we have this massive military force out today. And um, when we had attacks on the White House, we couldn't call out a massive military force. We had ex-generals telling us we better not. They were signing letters. Apparently, the Attorney General at the time rejected the idea. We saw what happened at the Portland Courthouse for over three months under attack. We didn't send the military out then. Um, It really is bizarre, isn't it, ladies and gentlemen? We don't protect our cities. We don't protect our White House. We don't protect our courthouses with the military. We won't protect the Capitol building. When they're under assault, why don't we protect them all? Can't use the Insurrection Act, they tell us, which has been used many times for matters much smaller than this. And then we got the attacks on Trump, who was urging the Attorney General, the Secretary of Defense, do something, do something. But they didn't do enough, in my opinion. They really didn't. It's a, it's a quandary for me. It confounds me. I don't, I don't get it. Quite frankly. By the way, Sunday, 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 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, one on one for the full hour with Newt Gingrich. You won't want to miss it. We've had him on once or twice before in the last three years. And it's always fascinating. And uh, we delve into a variety of issues. So it'll be me and Gingrich. Take a law firm, Levin Gingrich. No, not Gingrich, Levin. Levin Gingrich. And uh, that'll be on Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. I hope you'll watch it. I believe today is the last day that Israel's ambassador to the United States is the ambassador to the United States. I believe the ambassador to the United Nations and the Netanyahu administration will now be the ambassador from Israel to the United States. And the gentleman's name, you've heard him on this show before, is Ron Dermer. And Ron Dermer does his job diplomatically. 
He does his job without a lot of fanfare. He doesn't seek awards. He doesn't seek letters. He doesn't seek plaques. In fact, he doesn't get them for some reason. I don't know why. I I, I was hoping that the White House or the State Department would recognize him. So I recognize him. All these magnificent achievements between the United States and the State of Israel would not be possible without several individuals, including, and if not especially, Ambassador Ron Dermer. Now, the interesting thing about him, he was originally born in the Miami area. His father was a mayor, Democrat. His brother, mayor, Democrat, but moderate to conservative. His brother is hilarious and solid as a rock, David. And we've gotten to know the Dermer family. I consider him among my best friends, as a matter of fact. And his lovely wife, Rhoda, and their wonderful kids. I think they're at number 17 or 18 now. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but uh, he will be missed a lot. He's what we call a mensch. He treats people with respect. He's not an egomaniac. He doesn't seek attention. Although, of course, he draws attention because who he is. The Israelis are going to have their work cut out for them now because Biden has picked virtually every Obama sleazeball imaginable. And I know many of you care about the state of Israel. This is from the LID. Anti-Israel Mali joining Biden as special Iran envoy. His uncle Yasser Arafat would be so proud. And uh, they say Biden's latest anti-Israel move. Per Jewish insider, President Biden's considering adding another Israel hater to his team, Robert Malley, who shared his anti-Israel views as part of the Clinton and Obama administrations, an advisor to Bernie Sanders, and grew up with a socialist father who was a close friend of terrorist Yasser Arafat. According to the report, Malley will be joining the re-Obama administration. Now, that's a good name for this. As Biden's special envoy to Iran. The potential appointment of Mali comes as members of the Biden transition team have begun to lay out the president-elect's vision. You can tell this is a couple days old. And so Biden is really loading up the State Department, the NSA, and uh, overseas, the embassy, with a real bunch of uh, Israel haters. It's going to be tough. Malley grew up in France, where his Egyptian-born father, Simon Malley, and New York-raised mother, Barbara Silverstein Malley, were radical publishers of a controversial magazine about African so-called third world. Malley's parents were rabidly anti-Israel and counted Yasser Arafat as a personal friend. Well, there's no problem with this. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Yasser Arafat, after all, Mr. Badu, he wasn't a domestic terrorist. He was a foreign terrorist. He's a foreign terrorist. And you look, at, uh, you look at Obama, who he hung out with, Ayers and Dorn. And you look at Bill Clinton and who he pardoned, most of the FALN domestic terrorists. And you look at him pardoning uh, Linda Dean and Susan Rosenberg at the, at the urging of uh, Jerry Nadler. And those are individuals, in the case of uh, Linda Evans, who wanted to blow up the Capitol building. You hear none of this on the news, do you? Because it's time to unite. Unite. It's time to unite. Unfreaking believable. It just really is. 
Let's go to Morris, Brooklyn, New York. Morris on the great WABC. Go right ahead, my friend. Hi, the great one. Thank you, sir. So I'm, I'm an Israeli. Some people refer to me, you know, as the great big one. I don't much like that, but it happens. No, no. I can, I can imagine why they would. But, no, and uh, you are truly the great, great one. So I'm an Israeli. <laughs> yes, sir. And what a friend. What a friend that we could say goodbye to for now. Yes. Look what, look, what, look what they've done. Yes, but, yes. Well, thank you for your call. I know you're referring to Ron Dermer. One day when the history's written, maybe I'll write the history. What do you think of that, Mr. Producer? I'm working on another book now that I think you folks are going to find. You say, oh, God, another book. Okay, fine. I'm working on another book. You've got to keep at it. You've got to keep pounding away. I think you're going to find this one incredibly compelling. But that aside... Maybe I'll write the book on Israel. You think I should, Mr. Producer? Would anyone buy it? Anybody be interested in it? Maybe I will. Not my next one, but maybe the one after that. You never know. Let us continue. Robert Lowell Merlin, the great WMAL. Go. That's correct. Hello, Mark. Yes, sir. Um, I grew up in Lowell, Maryland, you know, across from you, basically. Oh, it's Laurel, Maryland, not Lowell, Maryland. I know where Laurel, Maryland is, yes. Laurel, yes, yes, sir. And, uh, you know, back then we had had the Washington Star, we had the Washington Post. Oh, yeah. So if you read both, you know, one... And the Star was considered more moderate than conservative. Well, if you read read both, at least you got somewhere in the middle. Right. I was considered that. My father encouraged me to read them and everything else. And I think one, one, the one thing that no one is talking about, besides habeas corpus, is is is, 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 is is there's no way to break through. I have friends still that believe the fake dossier and 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 the uh, impeachment trials for Trump are all true. And, That's because and, the media are inciting not only violence but stupidity. It's incredible. It's unconscionable, and I think it's treasonous. And well, I don't and, know about treasonous. You want to kill people over it? Nightside talks, nightside talks on the radio. What? I I applaud your effort. I don't know what nightside talks is. All right, thanks for your call. Somebody slid. I don't know. Is that some goofball, Mister Producer? Whatever it is, don't go there. Nightside talks. Nightside talks. Okay, sounds like a goofball. May I say, with all due respect, Mara, Aurora, how are you, Mara in Aurora on the Mark Levin app? I'm good. I'm really a privilege to speak with you. Um, I had two yes. comments. I told you to call screener only about the first one. I ran out of time. But the one thing is I found the entire... How is the state of Illinois today in a state of confusion, I think? Oh, it's pretty crummy because we have Pritzker, so the dictator. Um, <laughs> but I found, the, I found the 1776 PDF commission report after I went to the White House page. It was scrubbed, and it's on Wikimedia Commons. Oh, it's on Wikimedia. It's also MarkLevinShow.com, isn't it, Mr. Producer? So if you want to see that report and everything else I'm posting, we are now posting my comments and thoughts, obviously not on Twitter or Facebook, and Parler's still muscling through. We want to help them in any way we can. But I'm posting them on my mothership, MarkLevinShow.com. 
I'm posting my comments, that you know, multiple comments a day, as well as, because so many people go to that site anyway, and we did post the 1776 report. And when you read it, you'll be able to tell that, that illiterates like Chuck Todd did not read it. Uh, he just decided to slam it. And this is the problem with the media. We're dealing with ideologues who are Democrats who are literally stupid as hell. We really are. All right, Mara, thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America, now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Melissa, Frisco, Texas, the great WBAP. How are you, Melissa? Thank you for taking my call. Yes. I'm going to have to put you on speaker. I'm driving. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, That's what I they all say. You, uh, yes, yes. I wanted to share with you a conversation that I had with um, an old classmate of mine, someone I've known for, oh, gosh, 45 years. All right. Go right ahead. Uh, today I posted on Facebook a picture of Donald Trump, and I just said, thank you for your four years of service and something. I don't even remember what it was. I got private messages from her, and she went off on me and then unfriended me. She was telling me that she knows for a fact Melania was a call girl and that that is how she met Trump. And she was telling, you know, she just says that I'm I'm a cult follower and I've lost my way and she's going to be praying that I get my life right with God. And She sounds I, like an absolute buffoon. Yeah. I'm just totally shocked by her. Does she write for the Wall Street Journal or National Review? I'm sorry? Well, I would not be uh, her friend anymore if she's going to treat you that way and talk about Melania Trump that way. I just, I'm just shocked. No, this, this really does bring out the, uh, the hate in some people and the uh, irrationality in some people. It's an amazing thing. I've seen it, too. It's just, uh, it's just incredible. And I think that in part is due that they're not used to somebody like Trump in politics. Uh, and the media have done a hell of a job uh, trying to create a, uh, a Hitlerian figure in Donald Trump. And uh, the media have enormous power. And that's why when they lost the 2016 election, they lost it along with their party, the Democrat Party. They spent every waking moment thereafter trying to destroy Donald Trump, destroy his supporters, 
and are now doing exactly the same thing. This unity stuff is all BS. They don't mean it, and uh, Biden doesn't mean it, because he hasn't done a damn thing for unity, period. There's things he can do right now, this minute, but he won't do it. So two, two pieces of recommendations to you. One, get the hell off Facebook. And number two, the hell with this woman. I know it's upsetting, 45 years, but in the end, she wound up to be a, a moron. Yeah. I have a business on Facebook. That's the only reason that oh, I have right. to stay on there. Well, as long as you're making money off them and they're not making that much off you, go for it. Are you all right, Melissa? You'll, you'll get over it. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just upsetting. It's it really is upsetting. me all day. Well, stay away from her. Make a new friend. Seriously. Yes, sir. Do you have a dog? Yes, there are three of them. <laughs> well, just get on the floor and, and, and cuddle with the dogs because they, they won't turn on you. Yeah. You're right. All right, Melissa. God bless you, my friend. Amazing, isn't it? Let's go to Jeff, Cape Coral, Florida, the great WSKY. Go ahead, Jeff. Oh, thanks so much for taking my call. Yeah, um, yeah. the reason I called is, uh, you know, I, I, I moved down here um, in 1998 after I got out of the Navy, and I thought, always thought about running for city council and, and everything, and I've been listening forever. And um, I, I feel that it's time uh, for me to do that, and I have no way to know how I'm about to do it. But I know there's there's tens of thousands of other people like me, and um, what's our, what's the first steps? I mean, how do we? I'm not really a uh, political, uh, you know, consultant or that sort of thing. But I would imagine the first steps. When I was a kid, I did this, and I won office. Is to go to these Republican meetings, take a measure of who's there, who's take a measure of people you might have to run against in a primary. Bring conservatives with you. You may have to organize uh, outside of the Republican structure, which is what I did when I was 19 years old. And um, start to organize like they do. Start to be an activist like they are. And so you can't just snap your fingers. Uh, look for an opportunity and go for it. To, to um, you know, have a, have a good start. Well, I tried my best and, to explain uh, what I would do. That's what I did. I mean, when I was 19, going to law school, every night I was having what we call coffee clatches, meeting with 10, 20, 30 people at a time. I formed a group called the Committee for Tax Limitation. We had a tax revolt. Oh, I incited a tax revolt. I really did. Uh, and uh, we won the primary. We went on to win my office. So you got to get your hands dirty and figure it out. Each locality is different. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. Stay strong, America, in our great national town hall meeting. I'll see you again tomorrow. God bless. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.